Welcome! You're listening to the Creative Women's Call podcast with Ari, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of having a small business and being a creative woman entrepreneur. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in again at our podcast for the Creative Women's Co. So today, I actually have a special guest that I just stumbled upon Instagram, and then I was following her on Etsy because we just needed somebody to kind of help um, myself actually to create this amazing um, signage that I been looking through on Pinterest and all that um, inspiration website. And I wanted to have a good signage where we can actually use it in, in a lot of other events that we host. So I stumbled upon Rebecca Solis. Is that right? Rebecca, is that how I pronounce your name? It's actually Solis. Solis. Okay. So Rebecca Solis, um, and she is the um, owner and creator of Little Brown Suitcase. And when I saw her work, I was like, okay, I want one from her. So immediately I was just like reaching out to her. And then um, we got the signage actually a few weeks ago and it was just like beautiful. So I'm happy to just kind of introduce you guys to Rebecca. So um, Rebecca, if you want to share a little bit about who you are and what you do, would you want to share with our audience? Sure. Um, sorry. <laughs> Clear my throat. <laughs> That's okay. My name is Rebecca, and I am the owner and creator here at Little Brown Suitcase. Um, I am married, just got married a few months ago. My husband, we've been together for almost 12 years. Wow. And, um, he actually is my co-owner, so we work together, and um, we live in Upland, California, and we run our business at home. Um, we are 26 years old, and I am currently, we're, we're actually currently in the process of growing our business, and um, we enjoy just spending time together with family, and yeah, that's that's me. That's really cool. I mean, whenever I actually meet another creative um, who have a journey with their partner or like family members to create the business. I was just like, I'm amazed because it is not an easy thing to do, right? Because coming from my own experience, I have the company with my husband as well. And I have to admit the first few years of our business was really tough because it was hard separating the emotion that you have as a spouse and then the emotion that you have as professionals, as business partner. So I'm curious, just kind of hear a little bit about what your experience was, Rebecca, when you started this journey with your husband, and then you guys been together for 12 years, which which is amazing. Um, so tell us a little bit about how how was it in the very beginning, and then how did you navigate um, any experiences so far um, throughout your journey with uh, the Little Brown Suitcase? Well, um, we've been full-time together for about a year and a couple months now, so we're actually still in the process of the first and early stages. I ran the business on my own from, uh, I believe it was 2012. So we're coming up on four years this year. And is that right? Four years? Yeah. So um, I ran the business by myself. It wasn't really that big. Oh, sorry. 2014 I started. So 
the first three years, I did it all on my own. Um, I actually started sewing. So my work was just very minimal and um, my shop was very small. And I was going to, I was actually working full time at the time. I had just graduated college and um, I think I was about 21 when I started. And so recently, I think it's been about a year and a half now that we both actually went full time and then Janos actually started to work full time with me. And it has been really hard. It's it's not easy at all. It definitely is, like you said, it's super hard to balance personal and business and the emotions are huge. So we're working on it. Um, we actually had a few rough weeks recently where it was intervening into our personal relationship and it, and it was really hard because we just got married. So it, I feel like it got a little bit different. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but coming from somebody who knows what I'm talking about, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I think I remember those days so vividly because, um, we actually, we got married in 2011 um, and we um, created a company at the same year. And it was literally the same thing that you guys are currently probably experiencing because from being, how should I say this? Like from being boyfriend to girlfriend and then like fiancés and then this newlywed thing, yeah. it, there's just like so much um, emotion that's um, that I feel like we just kind of feel like okay we're working on this together and it's like I love you and all that different things and then when there's like um client meeting and all that stuff and then there's um like dilemma with between projects it it becomes so jumbled up you know yes. and it was a little bit hard for us to really figuring out okay which one is which and I think the first two years of our business were just like figuring out okay where do we want to take the business? And then where do we want to take our relationship? Right. And finding a way for us to really just like, okay, let's try maybe um, put all of our, um, I would say, focus in terms of like professional and business and all that different thing between 9 to 5 p.m. And then right after that, or maybe during lunch, we can talk about something that's a little bit more personal or like about us, about the family. So we start doing those exercises and I feel that has been workout for us in the past few years. It, it kind of really help us really figuring out, okay, from certain time, we just going to talk about business. Um, and then for a certain time, we're going to actually not talk about business because we need to really like dig deep into ourselves as well as spouse. And I think it was really important for us as well to take time when um, it, on the weekend. I feel like when, <laughs> I think you probably experienced this too, when it was in the very early stage of real business, you want to do all the work, right? You want to just like do this new project and do everything and all that different stuff and will it never ends i don't think it will ever end and your to-do list will always gonna get longer but when you start really thinking about okay i need to spend time for myself and then uh for my spouse and then just like have this relationship outside of your career and your business i think that was crucial because you're also building your own relationship your own marriage and 
it was, I guess, in the past few years, it has been really life-changing for us to really understand, okay, I'm, I'm seeing you not only as my spouse, but also I'm seeing you as my business partner. So I think having having to create that balance can be tricky, but if you commit it like, to each other and have that boundaries um, and set it for each other, I think it can totally work out. Yeah. Um, it's also hard because we live at we, I mean, where we live is where our workplace is. We don't have a separate warehouse or office yet. So yeah. throughout the day, our workday is mixed in with our personal lives. So it's really hard. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, Rebecca. I feel like yeah. I'm talking to my past, li- right? my past self right now. Yeah. You know? so our goal this year is to get a warehouse and to completely just separate mm-hmm. work from home life because we mm-hmm. want personal life. Like right now, work mm-hmm. life like work is just life for us and we we enjoy it but we we realize at the end of the week oh my gosh we have I feel like we haven't seen each other all week and yeah. you're in the other room working or you're outside working and I'm in the office all day and sometimes yeah. we have nights till we're working till three in the morning you know because all of our stuff is handmade and he's out there working on the wood and he's mm-hmm. our so he creates every like creative piece that I need. Um, like the acrylic that we sent you guys, he cuts that by hand mm-hmm. and by the the decals, and it's just it's a lot of work. So yeah, at the end of the day, we're really tired. Like we don't even have cable at our house because we don't even watch TV. We don't have time. To watch. <laughs> oh yeah, you know you know what I actually do with my husband. Um, just to get that um, quality time, even if it's like through lunch. So the way we utilize our lunch time is that sometimes we cook together, but if it's like a busy day, we'll we'll order takeout, but we will spend time to eat lunch together. Yeah. Um, I think that was the biggest part of our day, um, aside from the breakfast and dinner, because that's when we catch up like from human being to a human being, you know, not just from like a business partner. Um, and we just like either we want to watch something together, like while we eating, um, or like catch up on the, um, things that we were planning for the weekend or stuff like that. That was the crucial quality time for us that I feel like it it could be like a break for us outside of the work. And it was just like refreshing. And then right after, um, that quality time, the lunch or the breakfast or the dinner, you are ready to just like, okay, I'm going back to reply to work emails or like start working on other design or um, stuff like that. So maybe try something like it. Maybe that will be helpful for you guys. Um, But I do agree though. We've recently had like a business meeting and because Mm -hmm. like I said, it's really new. Um, When we went full time together, we just jumped into it and it just so happened that we were both unhappy at our current our jobs at the time and we were you know we were making a lot more money with little brown suitcase so we were you know but our maximum effort wasn't put into it so once we did that it definitely changed and we got super super busy and then this the whole year that we went full time we bought a house and we were planning our wedding at the same time so it was just crazy and oh my gosh yes <laughs> we didn't have time to sit down and organize everything and we were just go 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 and right after our wedding it was like we can breathe and we can focus and so Mm -hmm. I think that's when we started to have the issues like 
you know, the disagreements when it came to new projects or new ideas or mm-hmm. uh, me needing more help and not getting any help because I don't ask for it. And it's just, it's all communication. It is. Yes. But once yes. we sat down and had that meeting and we, <clears throat> we clearly gave each other titles and uh, gave each other the duties that we're responsible for, the departments that we're responsible for it. We mm-hmm. haven't fought. We have not fought since then. And so, <laughs> I mean, that's good. And anything that we fight about is so little, like, mm-hmm. like the attitude we give when we respond about a piece of paper, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it wasn't even anything worth it. Yeah. And so we just had to realize that and put it aside and just say, when we're doing business, we're doing business. And, you know, I, I run the company, I'm the boss, you know, I hate to use that word because I don't want to, you know, show any type of power or anything like that. Bossy. Yeah. yeah. And I I mean, I'm already called bossy as it is. So (laughs) coming from me, when I say, you know, I am the boss, I need to just let you guys know what's, what's the plan and it Mm -hmm. needs to go the way that I want it to go. And I have the vision, Mm -hmm. you know, just follow my lead. And it, it, that was really hard for him. And yeah. we're still working through it, but it's definitely a lot easier since we had that talk for sure. I agree with you, though. I think earlier I wanted to share um, one thing that you mentioned where you feel like when you have a warehouse, it will be easier for you guys to separate um, between work and um, personal life. But I definitely agree with that one. Um but for us, though, um, we actually have quite um, a bigger apartment. So we were able to kind of um, save about three rooms for the studio. So we still work from home, but at least there is a, there is a separation between um, where where's the place for you to work and where's the space for you to, you know, have a life, like watch TV with your kids or like cook and um, spend time with the family and things like that. So at least whatever it is, the the separation that you guys are thinking about, whether it's going to be a warehouse or a dedicated space within your house, um, if you can just like make sure that you set a certain boundaries, what are you going to label it? It's like, if this is home office or something, um, know that you actually set the boundaries yourself. And I think that will be a good, I guess, like, it's going to help you set in your mind that all work should stay in that space and everything else is my personal life so that would um just kind of help you guys as well yeah that's a good that's a good point and we've we've actually done that we have our that was recent as well after our wedding we we moved in in may of last year and Mm -hmm. just go 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 right after that because our wedding was so close and we had a bunch of events coming up and so after the wedding, we we really started to work on the office and kind of, you know, just make every room designated for a certain, you know, life. So whether yeah. it's life, personal life, family time, you know. That's great. We, but we're outgrowing the office already. We're outgrowing our house already. Just <laughs> so that's that's a huge reason why we need a, a, a warehouse yeah but the biggest is definitely to separate work life and home life and even when it comes to like Instagram and <clears throat> you know we have to set boundaries with clients as well because you know mm-hmm. when they mess they DM me at midnight 
and I'm with my husband just trying to hang out and I have to respond, it's kind of hard, you know, so. I think the urge for us to just like quickly respond to our client, even though it's like in the middle of the night or maybe it's on the weekend, um, I think there is a way to just kind of, I wouldn't say manipulate, but at least communicate it like upfront with them. So what actually do with our clients, I mean, I, I used to get those emails and those sometimes even like text messages and one one time we have clients actually calling us like on the weekend and stuff like that. Like, what the heck? Um, yeah. So we, <laughs> I know, right? Um, so we started to create a welcome package for every client. Well, I mean, we, we create one, but we send it to all of our clients as soon, that, as, soon as we actually onboard them um, into our system so that they can go through all the details about how or what to expect when working with us. Like, for example, um, our work hours is included in there. And then if should something happen with their, with their project or their website and things like that, um, if it's like a minor thing, they can email us and we'll get back to them like within two uh, a few days. If it's in the weekend, we'll get back to them on Monday. But for example, if it's like an SOS, like, hey, I couldn't find my website. It disappeared for some reason. It's like, then yes, that's an SOS. We will take care of that. Right. But at least in, up front, you kind of set the expectation with them um, and letting them know, sure, you can email me um, or message me on the weekend or like, maybe at night at 8 or 11 p.m. But just so you know, I won't be able to respond until the next morning or until on Monday. Um, because at least you, you're telling them, okay, I will get your message, but I also, you know, you have your own boundaries and you have um, so many different projects to complete as well. And like it or not, they will have to wait, right? They still need you. <laughs> um, yeah. Brides want their stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the tips that I would definitely encourage you guys to do as well. Hi there, I'm Leslie Castromere from Creative Women's Co. I'm here to tell you about the collective membership. Many of you have been asking us about how you can be more involved and engaged with us, whether it's through our live events or online. Here's how. Join us as a collective member starting as low as $9 a month. You can join Ari and many other creative women entrepreneurs for quality conversations at our live and online events, learning brunches, casual cocktail events, panel gatherings, speed mentoring sessions, and more. Also included is a monthly collective members only live mastermind video call on a variety of topics to discuss your challenges and how you can thrive. All that and more included in your collective membership starting as low as $9 a month. Join us as a collective member today Sign up at creativewomens.co slash membership. Uh, okay, so moving on to other question that I do really wanted to ask you. Um, is there like a time where you ever um, experience any bad or ugly experiences and um, you feel like that kind of puts you down as a creative woman entrepreneur? And um, if there's any experience like that, I would love to just kind of hear from you. I can't think of anything specific because I think a lot of negativity is always behind closed doors and mm -hmm. a lot of people are really, you know, not scared, but they rather talk about, it's a lot easier for them to talk about you with somebody else than to confront you about what their thoughts are about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've never like, I've never experienced somebody coming up to me and telling me anything negative, but I have heard from 
family members and friends, you know, oh, well, this person thinks that and they're saying you're, you're, you're stupid for quitting your full-time dream job to pursue this what-if career and you went to school for four years. What did you go to school for? You wasted your time. And, and any of those comments, they didn't really affect me negatively. I wouldn't say I don't, I don't remember ever getting down on myself and saying I shouldn't do it. You know, I, I always, Mm -hmm. I always feel like I I use my own mind and I, I don't, and you know, I, I take advice, I listen, but I always make my own decisions. And I think that's where, you know, my best friend and my husband, they call me bossy. So I think that's where that comes in. It's just strong minded. (laughs) I'm just very strong minded. I don't let other people stop me from moving forward hearing that some people don't agree with what I'm doing or what we're doing. It does, it does make me sad, but it's not going to stop me because I know that everything that I've done in my path so far has worked. There shouldn't be anything that anybody is upset about because it's not their lives. It's ours. You know, I agree with you on that one. And I feel like, um, you shared pretty much the same thing that I went through and it just kind of remind me of the things that, um, in my first few years of business, I feel like I'm, I'm not as good as I thought I would. And um, I feel like I'm not going to be as successful and things like that. And when people start telling you the negative stuff, it sometimes affected you. But luckily that you also have like a very supportive um, surrounding an environment like your husband or maybe some of your family was like, it sounds like you have a good uh, support system that can just kind of share with you. Don't mind those haters, you know, because haters going to hate. Um, and all you have to do is just like keep moving forward and um, just mind your own business and then just like move forward with it. Yeah. So I think that was the big thing for me back then, um, just realizing, okay, I'm just going to do whatever. It's just me. I'm doing it myself. It's not like I'm going to care what they say. Well, technically, yes, I do care sometimes. <laughs> but then again, they're not the one who's living my life, right? Um, yeah. So kudos to you for really like being so brave on that. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so moving on to a different question that I also um, have in my head earlier when you mentioned about the the education that you had. So can you tell us a little bit about what type of education did you actually had in the past and um, how, if you could do it differently, what would you do? Um, okay, so I went, I graduated high school from um, a Catholic private high school in La Puente, California. It's called Bishop Lott. Um Originally, I didn't want to go there and I'm going back this far because I feel like every step that, you know, that I took in my life definitely got me where to where I'm at. And if it would have been different my life would have been completely different so going as far back to eighth grade my you know I went to school in Whittier and so I was supposed to go to school you know with all my friends to Whittier High School or Pioneer High School and my dad told me that he was sending me to a private high school because I played softball Um, and they had a really good athletics program and I had never heard of the school before but I guess that it, it was a really prestigious athletic school, you know, academic and athletic. So I went, I didn't complain. I did. I, I was sad that I wasn't going to be with my friends I had been with since kindergarten. So 
but I got there and I actually, the first day I walked in, I met my husband and, um, we had been friends already. So it was kind of meant to be that I was sent there. You know, my dad made that decision for me and, and you know, so I, I went there, met him, played softball, graduated. I applied to Cal States that I wanted to go to, but I didn't get into the one I wanted to go to. So I chose to play softball at a community college. And um, I went to Citrus College in Glendora, California, and I played there for two years. I actually gra- I actually could have graduated um, a year and a half out. I finished all of my general ed in a year and a half, but I had to play softball for the second season. So I chose to just take some classes that were unnecessary. I got my, my degree in um, social and behavioral sciences. I, I originally wanted to be a marriage family therapist counselor. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I, I really wanted to be a therapist and I thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I took all those classes. I took psychology, sociology, like that was my thing, child development. Um, I've always been interested in children. And so I worked at the, uh, well, actually this is later on, but after I got my general ed, I graduated from Citrus. I transferred to Cal State Fullerton and I got my bachelor of science degree in child and adolescent development. And my focus was um, adolescents at risk. So teens, um, like teen moms, just the community. I also had a second focus in uh, community development. So anything that had to do with the city or the community mm-hmm. and, how they, and how they help adolescents. And, and I was just, I'm really big on education and I'm very interested in, in helping, you know, lower income families get their kids to college and just get them an education. Um, so that's what I thought I wanted to do. So, you know, going into Fullerton, I actually changed my mind from therapy to uh, actually helping teens uh, specifically. So what I did was I switched my major from psychology to child development and, and I was able to focus on teens specifically. So I graduated with that degree Um and then I was going to go get my master's in counseling still because I wanted to still be a therapist, I thought. And I actually went to a, a counseling and therapy session myself while I was at Cal State Fullerton. Uh-huh. And I didn't like it. I hated it. I felt like they didn't help me. I felt like I was talking to myself and I'm like, what am I doing here? And why would I want to be in that seat doing nothing for this person? You know, the whole reason... I wanted to be a therapist was because of my life experiences and I want to help people. And then I learned that when you're a therapist, you have to leave all of your emotions and attachment and personal life out the door. When you come in and see a client, like I don't understand the correlation between that. So I chose to specifically just help teens. So after I graduated, I um, got a job with, the I want to say I was working at the movies at the time actually really uh yeah my first year going into Cal State Fullerton I was I think I was like 19 or 20 I was working at AMC in Glendora and um a year after that I got a job at Cal State Fullerton at the Children's Center so I took that job immediately 
Um, I worked there until I graduated. And then after that, I got a job with the city of Covina. And then I got a job with the YMCA. And then I got a job with Kinder Care, which is another child care center. Um, so I did like after school programs for all of those. And at Kinder Care, I pretty much ran the program for the after school and I was a like a like a floater, like a floating teacher throughout all this all the age the age groups. So I worked with like zero to twelve, and I worked at Kindercare for two years full time. Um, and that's I while I was there, I started Little Brown Suitcase, and I was supported by the girls that I work with, and uh, they would buy my stuff. I would you know I think they thought I was crazy because I would. I would make, cause I was sewing at the time. So it was like very random. Like mm-hmm. I would make kimonos. Like that was my thing. I would make clothing. So like kimono, um, cardigans mm-hmm. and that's what I would sell. And I would sell them for like $12 a piece, but I was always, <laughs> hustling, always hustling. And, um, I ended up quitting that job to go full time. And I got a lot of backlash from my director and not, it wasn't anything like towards my business. Yeah, because I had I felt like I had to lie why I was quitting. I was just unhappy there, and um, she gave me a lot of backlash. But it was more personal. Like it was it was more personal for her. Like that I was leaving because I was such a big part of the team, and mm. it was affecting her. So, you know, it was it was sad for me because I loved the kids, and yeah, you know, she made me feel really bad. But I had to do what I I wanted to do, and. I actually, when I, when I quit, I didn't plan on going full-time little brown suitcase. Like I did because that was a little bit of my income, Mm -hmm. but I, that wasn't like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. You know, it wasn't like what I thought was going to happen. So going back to your question on my education and how I've had the message of people telling me that I went to school for nothing. And, um, I actually was off of work for almost a year. I think from May, from like May or May or June till March, 2016, I was out of work. And then Mm -hmm. I, I was just doing little Brown suitcase. And then I decided that it wasn't really a big income that I, you know, I wanted more still. And mm-hmm. really doing what I wanted it to do. So I got a part-time job with the city of Chino mm-hmm. and I was really overqualified for that position because they put me in like the after-school program again. And I had been working that type of, you know, position for a couple of years. So, um, yeah. they, I, I got promoted within like three weeks to a special. Wow, that's fast. Yeah. So I got promoted in like three weeks. I became a specialist and what I was doing was I was running the teen center. And so that was like my goal. That was like exactly what I wanted to do. And I was working directly with teens in a low income community. And, you know, I got to put my personal life out there and just, you know, be one on one with them hands on. And then they they wanted to promote me again within a couple months to a coordinator, which I would be, you know, at the head of a lot more programs within the city. And um, I would be, you know, now going above that dream job to something bigger. And I had to turn it down because from March till July, my business really took off. So after July came, um, 
I was not really feeling like working there anymore. And it, I had mm -hmm. only been there for a few months, but because of the change, you know, I had been promoted so quickly and I was doing what I loved, but I was also, you know, I was taking my little brown suitcase work to work with me mm -hmm. because I was so bored there. You know, I loved what I was doing, but I loved little brown suitcase more. Yeah. So, um, I, then I quit, I actually quit in, I want to say November. Mm -hmm. I quit November 2016. And, um, there was just a lot of things that were going on in my life. Like I was very busy. I was going to take some time off pretty, you know, near to that because I was getting surgery and I didn't want to really like toy with them and not give it my all. So I just gave my two weeks and she, yeah. my supervisor, I love her. She's so nice. And, um, she wanted me to stay and she's like, are you sure we want to give you this other promotion? It was like a salary <laughs> full-time position. And, you're going to get this this amount of money for sure every month. And I just was like, no, I can't do it. I'm not in it. You know, it's not for me. So I quit and that's what I've been doing since that day, 2016, November, 2016. That's amazing. I feel like after hearing your story and the journey that you went through, I feel like a lot of the people that I've talked to, including yourself, Rebecca, it's just you're trying to find something that really makes you feel fulfilled, right? And you yeah. want to really spend your time here on earth basically doing things that you actually love. And if it makes money, then that's great. And I think when you feel like um, the time when you feel like your side hustle or your business wasn't really going anywhere and then you really do um have this open mind to just like go back to either like you know an actual job it's totally okay because i feel like some people it's like if you're doing this side side hustle thing you have to like commit 100% in it i don't think that's the right mindset per se yeah. because I feel like you need to do what you need to do, and especially when it comes to like financial situation and things like that. If you can find other jobs to support and fund your own side hustle, then I think that would be the best way to just like kick it off. When your side hustle is actually making enough money and you feel like it's really taking off, then you can just like simply, um, you know, move away from the current job or whatever main gig that you yeah. have and focus on your side hustle because I feel like you can be as flexible as you want to be, assuming that you know that you at least have this one big goal. Eventually, I'll do this. Eventually, I'll do that. But yeah. be open. Like, honestly, if you need to go back to a corporate job, just do it. Yeah. And then you can still pick up the stuff um, for your side hustle or your business on the side, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to what you were saying about funding your side hustle. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've had a lot of encouragement and specifically I can think of, uh, Jonas's cousin and she's now my cousin by marriage, <laughs> Jackie Melendez. And she's actually been my life coach since I was in college, uh, and, you know, throughout a lot of my different life events, she's been there for me. Mm -hmm. She actually told me that she said, you have to fund your dream. So yeah. it doesn't just happen overnight. You 
can't just snap your fingers and it's going to come to you. You have to work hard. You have to hustle and you have to, you know, you have to fund your dream. And that means, you know, you have, if you have to work on the side of, you know, your, your dream job, you have to fund that. So you have to provide money and financial support mm -hmm. yourself in order to be successful. You got to spend money to make money. And yes. that's, that's stuck with me forever. And I will always pass that type of advice on that she gave me. And she still gave, is giving us advice. She actually was our officiant for our wedding. She married us. So she's, really? she's, she's another person that you should be interviewing. She's amazing. <laughs> yes, please do send her over my way. I, uh, like she's, she is an awesome woman and she's still working her corporate job, but she loves it and mm -hmm. she's doing her hustle on the side. She's super happy. And so she's like a prime example of a hardworking woman as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's been like really great to just chat with you today. I feel like we actually has gone over the time limit, but I was just like so enjoying this conversation with you. And I do have like, okay, two more questions. Just real quick. <laughs> Is there like any personal message or any favorite quote that you actually want to share with our listeners? Uh, I'm not really big on quotes, but <laughs> I, I'm not like, I feel like I just can give them a message from myself. Like mm -hmm. maybe just hustle and not, don't stop. Somebody asked me, um, do you ever, when have you ever taken a break? Like, how did you get to where you're at now? And I just responded like, I've never stopped. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if you want something, you're going to have to provide that for yourself. Nobody's going to just give it to you. I mean, in some instances that it does happen that way, but I, I believe that you, the, the decisions that you make and, you know, the work that you put out is all going to come back to you. Yes. I agree with you on that 100%. Actually, um, recently I found this old quote that I was giving, um, to, a blog interview and I suddenly just like it popped up on my feed and was like oh my god I can't believe I actually shared that specific quote and it really really in exactly the same thing that you mentioned basically though if you want to have something or whatever the goal is that you have in your mind don't wait for it to come, right? Instead, you need to create your own opportunities, whatever it is, like whether or not you want to, for example, um, become like yourself, Rebecca, like have this um, flexibility to be able to work from home, then what do you need to do? Like, do you need to start like doing some freelancing first or do you need to just like, I don't know, tap in your network or like your friends and family and stuff like that? You need to figure out what type of opportunities do you need to create yourself first before you can start getting all of that stuff coming back at you. So um, thank you so much for sharing that message. And one last question before I let you go. Um, where can people find you, Rebecca, right after this? Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. You can find me on Instagram. I'm on there daily. Uh, you can. There's a link to my website in my Instagram bio. We're on mm -hmm. Etsy, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Uh, we're Google us. <laughs> Google us. Yeah, you can find us 
everywhere. We're trying to hit all over. So we, you know, we ship worldwide, we ship all over. So I'm open to anything and you can find us. We're trying to get everywhere. So we're, we're trying to be seen a lot more and just reach out to a lot more people. I like to be very personal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you can find me at Bridal Expos. Um, you can find me at my house. We're super open to, uh, you know, just new ideas and, and meeting. I love to meet people. So I love everybody that we meet from Instagram. And, you know, every time we do expos, 50% of the people are like, oh, I follow you on Instagram and congratulations on your marriage, you know. So I don't realize like, yeah. how many people actually pay attention to our story. And so mm-hmm. them, it's really humbling and, and it's exciting because I know that, you know, it's not, they're not just here for my, my product are here for me yes I totally agree on that one so okay Rebecca thank you so much again for sharing all of the insight that you have the stories that you mentioned earlier and I really truly feel like I was just talking to my past self it was so <laughs> funny this like I'm I feel like I'm such an entranced and I was like okay this is me like in the past so thank you so much for sharing that and I look forward to just like connecting with you again over on Instagram and yeah. It, any other last message at all, Rebecca, before we close? Nope. Just follow us on Instagram and you'll see our lives, personal lives, work life, and there's a lot more to come. Uh, we're going to be launching a lot more new things. So just get excited and just be on our team. Yes, definitely. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in. Look out for the next episode with other amazing creative women. And if you are, if you basically feel like you want to share your story or like share with us any bad or ugly experiences, or maybe the good ones too, when you are um, dealing your day-to-day hustle as a creative woman entrepreneurs, feel free to reach out to us and we can talk about how we can bring you on to the podcast. All right, have a great day. Bye-bye. This episode was sponsored by Chikalafia Design. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have an amazing day. 